All right, cool video, right? Isn't that a cool video? Neat stuff. Okay, today we are going to talk about becoming a man of steel. Now, a couple weeks ago for Mother's Day, I, I touched on women. Today I'm going to touch on men, but you can also use both of them, right? If you want to be a woman of steel, go for it, okay? Because there was Supergirl, okay? Um, there was also Super Dog if you want to be that too. By the way, Dog, um, is Alex over there? Alex, there you go. Um, Alex contacted me. Um, she has a great dog, right, that she's looking to go to a good home. Um, if anybody would like to see her, she's right there. Wave your hand. Okay, and it's a, a great, cute little dog. Okay? So uh, keep it all in the family. Isn't that cool? So uh, it might be super dog. You never know. Crypto? You name him Crypto. Okay. Um, we're going to talk about becoming a man of steel. One of the coolest things is today is Father's Day, and I'm a father, and it's also my oldest daughter's birthday. And Emigail is um, turning, uh, she's, well, she turned at 12 midnight because at 1 o'clock she got a Facebook because you got to be 13 and she waited an hour. And by the time I got invited as a friend, she already had lots of pictures and all kinds of information. So it probably happened at 12 o'clock midnight. Um, so uh, that's probably what happened. Um, and it seems like yesterday Jacob was bugging us about that when he turned 13. So she has... Facebook now, and she's excited. Um, so it's kind of a, a dual nature. Yesterday was my 17th wedding anniversary. So we like to keep it all right here. Um, so, um, yeah, you should be clapping for Melissa. That's who you should be clapping for, putting up with me this long. So, um, But what's really cool to me is they picked this to be the weekend that they released Man of Steel. Now, I got to tell you, those of you guys who've known me for a while know I am the biggest superhero geek that ever walked the face of the earth. And when it comes to, you know, believe me, I like the Batman movies and stuff, but when, when I was a kid, my favorite thing to do on Saturday morning was get up and watch the Super Friends. And I actually found those discs at Five Below for my son Judah, and they play all the time in my car. It's a wonderful thing. And you know how horrible those shows are? But it is, it is great. I love it. And Superman has his voice, and they're always telling you what they're going to do. Like, I'm going to hit you with this post. And they're like, I duck, you know. Um, but, but it's really kind of cool. And one of my other things was every day during the week on, like, Channel 48. How many of you remember Channel 48 out of Philadelphia? Okay, I know how old you are now. Um, or, or it might have been on... Um, WBFF 45, that they would show the old George Reeve Superman. You know, the one where he'd run and jump out the window, and they'd go, you know, I used to run around with a cape and all this. My mom made me the coolest Superman costume when I was younger, and I thought I was cool. I still think I'm cool, but, uh, you know. uh, uh, But, you know, I just always loved Superman. My cousin's favorite was Spider-Man, but I just loved Superman. I mean, I figured by the time, eventually all the kryptonite, all the rocks will go away, and he'll be cool, and there'll be nothing stopping him. And some of the kryptonite just turns him hairy and red, so he can shave, but he's still cool and and awesome. I mean, x-ray vision, heat vision, he can put out fires with his breath, he can be able to leap tall buildings in a what? See, you guys know too. Faster than a? More powerful than a? You guys got it. Very good. And he's just really cool. And then, when I was a young kid, the coolest thing happened in 1978, where we had Superman the movie. But it ha- a couple years ago, a couple years later, something cooler happened was when they had Superman 2 with General Zod. Wasn't that the best of the deal? And then they got into the Richard Pryor stuff, which was really bad that we all forget about. And like a couple years ago, they came out with Superman Returns. And I don't care whether it stunk, it was Superman on the big screen. And I was just thrilled to go watch it. Jacob and I went and sat there on a rainy, cold day, and we're like, oh, this is awesome. And so, Man of Steel came out. Anybody know what time? Midnight on Friday? Guess where I took the family? (laughs) Kids, we're going on a field trip. Time to watch the Man of Steel. And we sat there, and we had the worst seats ever, the second row. And Judah dropped his whole soda all over the front, like it all went down underneath the person in front of us. And then I had, as soon as I went and got a new soda, Melissa goes, 
they, we need more popcorn. So I go back out, and there's got, they've got like this 85 hours of previews now. Have you noticed that? Anybody been to the movies? And I'm like, get to the movie, get to the movie, get to the movie. So I'm sitting there. Of course, I wore my Superman shirt, my Superman underwear. Um, yeah, yes, it is the coolest thing. I know that's too much information, but that's all right. And they're not under kind. They just like, it's cool. I mean, I've got, my kids bought that for me for Father's Day. And I have every t-shirt. Like this one? Isn't this one cool? Superman? Uh, you know, I have all kinds of things. I just love him. I think he's awesome. I think he got camo Superman. If he's like in a battle, he's like, yeah, you can't see me. Um, and I just think he's cool. I've got toys. I've got stuffed animals. Um, the dance center a couple years ago had a, uh, a yard sale. And... As soon as I walked in, like 10 people said, hey, go look in there. And I go, and it was like tons of stuffed Superman, Superman. So I went and grabbed all I could, you know, and just brought them home. I, why? Because I just think he's cool. I one time drove uh, half an hour to a Walmart to get a big stuffed Superman. What I do with it? Just prop him up, but it's cool. And I have Superman. If you come in my office, I have a drop ceiling, and they're like flying around. I just think it's cool. I, I told you, I'm a Superman geek. And I just really like him. I have given several series, uh, several messages over the years. I think Kitty and Debbie have heard every one of them. Um, I know you heard the one down in, uh, in, they were visiting down when I was in Lewis. And they happened to be there. And I, I did my Superman, uh, Superman message. But today, being that it's Father's Day, I just really wanted to talk about becoming a man of steel. And, um, and so, bear with me today in my Superman geek- geekdom. And um, we're just going to talk about what it means, what God wants a, a man of steel. Now, Superman. Here's all the different Superman, Superman they had. Um, you know, we have Christopher Reeve, who was really cool, that went through a tragic accident. We have Dean Cain, who was in that Lois Clark, which was pretty lame. Um, and we have George, George Reeve, Reeves, George Reeves, with an S. Um, there he is. Uh, the guy I left out was the one movie that was kind of lame, Superman Returns. But the guy up there, I mean, he's ripped, and he looks like Superman. And so I have these. But like I said, throughout the years, I've always been connected with this. The history of Superman goes like this. It's uh, two high school students in the 1930s uh, from Jewish uh, immigrants as parents lived in Ohio. And uh, Jerry Siegel and Joel Schuster were in high school. And they had dealt with hard times and persecution as the children of immigrants, particularly immigrant Jewish people at the time. And they wrote this little story and drew pictures, and they kind of look like the one here, um, the second one in. And um, they wrote the story about this guy from outer space who was raised, found and raised by God-fearing parents in Kansas. And he became known to the Man of Steel. It's really interesting. I found online where you can find the original check. Somebody actually bought the original check that was um, from Detective Comics, which now is known as DC Comics. And they paid for all the rights and everything. Um, roughly after everything was sold out, uh, Schuster and uh, Siegel um, received about $150. And the, the official check was $412. Bet you their families wish they had that back now. As Superman is a multi, multi-billion dollar industry around the world. Coming in the times of the mentality of the world wars and different conflicts in there, there existed this need for a superhero. Up to that time, there was Dick Tracy and some other kind of people, but there wasn't this superhero man. So as I looked at some of the sermon material today. There's one thing that I have seen, and I, this is from a former sermon. I just wanted to show you this. Um, is There are a lot of comparisons between Superman and Jesus. And many people have done sermons, m- me included. And um, today, I don't want to talk about all those. So if you guys hate Superman, um, something's wrong with you, and we'll pray for you. But you can take a deep sigh of relief. But I just want to name a few things that really stood out to me from watching this movie and just about becoming the man of steel that God wants. We okay? We okay? If you're saying, why did I get out of bed today? You're going to find out. Okay? Jesus and the man of steel, Superman. One of the first things, and this is first on your sheet. Please fill that in if you'd like to. They both represent, ready for this, Kal-El. Now, who is Kal-El? Kal-El is Superman's Kryptonian name. 
Now you say, what in the world does that mean? Schuster and um, Siegel were Jew- Jewish people. Anytime in Hebrew you see the term El, it is a reference to God, meaning Elohim. And they were really, really smart. Directly translated in Hebrew, it actually means voice of God. Voice of God. Superman's real name is Voice of God. So I began to look at some of this, and I began to wonder, why is the voice of God important? Under Hebrew tradition, the, and we can go to John's gospel where John says, the word became flesh and made its dwelling with us. The word or the voice of God caused creation to be existence. The word of God is what brought everything into existence. It is also believed, notice the similarities between her, where where John says the word or the voice of God became flesh and made his dwelling among us in a reference to Jesus. And so they've used, even though they're Jewish, they used a lot of Christian and Judeo-Christian motif. What ends up happening in here, there is a father and a mother and Krypton is being destroyed. Much like many of the people in those days may have thought about the world around them. And this voice, which tended to change the world forever, Like our scripture lesson says here today that was read for us, our first one from Romans. You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. It says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ proved his love toward us. You see, there's a lot of similarities here. There's, you see, uh, his parents put him in a rocket ship and sent him to earth. To get away. There's also that kind of Moses idea. But there's also that connection with Christ where God sent his son at the right time when we were powerless to enter into this world. You see, Moses was used also as a motif because Moses was an Egyptian for 40 years, but he really was an Egyptian. God had a greater purpose. And throughout the Superman stories, particularly in Man of Steel, there's a big focus on the fact that your parents raised you and you're a good person, but there's more to your life. I began to look at that for ourselves and, and what is the voice important? And I began looking at Luke chapter 9, verse 34. And it says, while he was speaking, Jesus a cloud appeared and covered them, and them is Jesus. It's uh, the big three, Peter, James, and John. And they were enveloped. This is a transfiguration. And it says, a voice came from the cloud saying, this is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. One of the things that I realized in order to be a, a God's man of steel, one of the things that we have to do in our lives is we have to not only hear God, but we have to listen to him and apply that to our lives. Jesus went on in John chapter 10 when he was talking about being the good shepherd. He said this. He said, my sheep know my voice. Now, I've had, this is one question I've been asked billions of times. When people will say, God told me this. Has anybody ever heard that? Somebody say, well, you know, God told me this. Um, how many times when somebody says that, do you look at them like, excuse me? Or do you go, how does God tell you that? You know, one of the things that I've learned is in the scripture, when Elijah was running from God, there was a wind, there was an earthquake, there was fire, there was everything, there was everything that went on. And every time in all that stuff, the statement was, but God was not in that. It goes on to say that where God was, was in a still small voice, or quiet whisper, I think is the modern translation. I began to look at my life as a man and as a father, and one of the things I realized is my life is full of tornadoes, earthquakes, firestorms, and everything else. Whether you're a man or a woman, do you agree with me? Does it seem like sometimes it's just whipping and whirling around that your schedule, right now you may be sitting here saying, I got to get going, I got to get moving, I got this, I got that, I got, are you with me? And yet, some of the times, the reason God sometimes smacks you over the head with something like a billboard. Other times, it's just that small voice. And what I realize is, in my life, in order to be strong, I need to be listening for the voice of God. Because once I know that voice, you know, if I pick up the phone right now and call my dad and say, hey. Or if he calls me and says, hey. I don't have to say, who, this, who is this? 
because I know my dad's voice. And I think many of us need to spend more time in God's word and with God in prayer and all kinds of other things so that we can hear his voice. In the uh, Man of Steel, Jonathan Kent, who is played by 80 Star. Do you know this guy? Put it up there. Anybody know him? Who is it? Kevin Costner. And Jonathan Kent, in talking with Clark when he's struggling with something, says this to him. You have another father that sent you for a reason. I found in my life so many men that are just crumbling because they never felt they could live up to the expectations that their earthly father put on them. That they felt crumbled. They felt they had to be something stronger or, or more powerful than they, they could possibly be. And I've seen them as grown men in their 50s, 60s, and 70s just trying to please dad from years ago. When I was in seminary, I did a... a uh, a study on fathering, and I found out that there are major influences about fathers on men's lives, as well as women's as well. But I thought it interesting that Jonathan Kent said something I think we as Christians need to hear, that we have another father that has sent us here for a reason and a purpose. And we need to carry, you see, Jesus spent his life recognizing that, that he was here for the purpose of his father. The second thing that I find as a comparison is they both displayed a call to hope. I mentioned in our scripture lesson in Romans chapter 5, 6 through 8, that they used terms like when we were powerless, we, when we were sinners, that we needed to be saved. And there's this really interesting section in um, the Superman movie where Lois looks at his chest and says, what does the S stand for? And he said, it's not an S in Krypton. In Krypton, it stands for hope. And what I realize is that Jesus and also the motif about him, Superman, have this calling of hope. And these are displayed in our predicament that when we are sinful and when we were lost, when You know, what's really cool, remember the Superman movie with Christopher Reeve? If he didn't like something happened, he just went back around the earth real quickly and spun it all around. I know that was cheesy. Um, And saved Lois Lane, right? Or when he was just there. He's never too early. He's never late. But Superman is right on time. And boy, I don't know about you. In my life, that's how Jesus is. You know, God has never been on my timetable. Ever. And it frustrates me. I feel like saying, look, I'm looking up in the sky. There goes a bird. There goes a plane. Could you get here? And I'm left going through struggles in my life. But then God comes. On the perfect time, God comes in and swoops down and saves the day. Look at what it says in this gospel in Hebrews. It's also printed in your bulletin. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, and yet he did not sin. Let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. What that tells me, you know what? If I was Superman, I would look at all the people in the world and say, I am tired of your mess. The early Superman comics had him fighting Nazis, had him fighting people who were evil, fighting against all kinds of things. Newer ones have him, I mean, the, the television show, they'd always try to shoot him and he'd turn and bend, bend the gun. But Superman always was trying to fight against something that was evil caused by people here and every once in a while from outer space. And Jesus continually, who had no sin, came and paid the price once and for all for your and my sin. A similarity there that that Schuster and them used. The third thing, which I think is the most important, is they both displayed sacrifice. Superman is always willing to put himself at risk, no matter what the cost, in order to save all humankind. Several times in his in his existence, he must choose to make the right choice. And most, some of those choices, even in the new movie, he says, I choose to submit and to General Zod because I want to save humanity. And so he chooses to give himself up for that. 
But when we look at this, you know, believe me, I love Superman. But there's only one true Superman in our lives, and that's Jesus. Because Jesus, as we read in the scriptures, it tells us that no one took his life from him. He freely laid it down, taking his life upon a cross, giving his life upon a cross and laying it down for our sins. Look what John 15 says here. Jesus said, this is my, com- my command is this. Remember that, what we just said, uh, the voice and listening of God? My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. And I really believe that this is the heart of Jesus. The heart of who he wants as a man or a woman of steel is to lay down our lives for him. Because all those other things seem to come to the forefront when I take charge of my life. So, okay, Jack, you've given us this great little thing that you've done here. Okay, get on with it because i got stuff to do. Guess what? Here's how we become a man, a God's man of steel. Are you ready for God's man of steel? Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay, here we go. I am. I don't care whether you are. Okay, here we go. First thing we must do is we must stay connected to the Father. We must stay connected to the Father. What do I mean by this? The Father in Superman, his name is Jorel. And you know what Jorel means? God will uplift. Through the voice of God, God will uplift is what this family means. And what I began to realize in my life is that when those times of of struggle in my life, it often is because I haven't taken the time I need to with my Heavenly Father. That I'm not lifted up, up, up and away in my spiritual life because I'm too busy trying to control stuff here myself. And as I look at this, I see um, what, there's Jarrell. Anybody know who that is? I'll leave that up. Who, who is it? Russell Crowe, very good, I heard it. Um, Russell Crowe. Superman got all his knowledge, his understanding, understood how to use his supernatural strength, all because he spent time with his father in solitude, in the fortress of solitude. He got alone with his father in order to receive what his father had for them to encourage him, to strengthen him, to empower him to do what his father had called him to do. Does that sound familiar? Jesus spent several times, even in his darkest hour, he got alone with his father in the Garden of Gethsemane and said, Father, take this cup from me, meaning this plan that you have. This is difficult, but if not, not my will, yours be done. Because he knew that the only way he could make it in his human side was if he spent time and relied on the power from the Father. You and I are called children of God. And God will uplift us only if we spend time with him. We must always be connected to Jarrell to be lifted up. Look at what it says here in Luke 48 through 50. When Jesus was 12 years old, that's significant, 12, 12, right around that age. It's significant because that's around the time that a boy becomes a man in Judaism. And immediately as he's becoming a man in the temple, he is staying there and his parents go back. Interestingly, he has kind of adoptive parents as well, except for Mary, okay? But we, uh, he has an adoptive father. But look at what we have here. It says, so when they saw him, they were amazed. The teachers of the law, the priest of the priest, the top of the top, were amazed at his wisdom. Because you know why? He had spent time with his father. And in spending time with his father, his, his Mary and Joseph come back. They realized he was gone. They come back. They're furious. Have you ever misplaced your child? Has your child ever just walked off when you told him to stay put? Has your child ever done anything you told them not to do? Or they didn't do anything you told them to do. This morning, 
Father's Day started with me getting aggravated with Jacob because the last thing we came in at 8 o'clock, 7.30, 8 o'clock last night was, Jacob, my hands are full. Please make sure you shut the door. He says to me, you want me to cut the back grass? I said, no, I did it the other day. Just please make sure you shut the door. Melissa comes home this morning. Guess what she says to me? Your door to your car is open. And I'm thinking, err. Right? Now, I know none of you young people here today have ever had that problem. Am I right? And none of you parents do. But... There is always some conflict when we don't do what our father says. Look what Jesus said. Mary and Joseph are ticked. They go and, it, and they say, what are you doing? Your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you know that I must be about my father's what? Business. But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. As God's man of steel, when we get apart from our father... Sin enters. We begin to make choices that are not what God desires. We begin to miss the mark, and that's called sin. And when we miss sin, we get disconnected from the Father, and we will never, ever be lifted up. Sin tears us down. Jesus Christ and through God, we're built up. Look at what Jonathan Kent said at this one section. He said, I have to believe that you were sent here for a reason, and even if it takes the rest of your life, you owe it to yourself to find out what that reason is. I've got to tell you, I've talked with several men lately, and, and some, of, some of you ladies can also attest to the same thing. Are you tired of living life in a caged treadmill? Think about that statement. Are you tired of living life in a caged treadmill? Meaning that you do what you do because you have to, or because you're trapped in that situation. And what you want to do, you don't want to do. Remember that verse of scripture? That we end up not having any fullness of life because we're not seeking out our father's plan for our life. Can you imagine if Superman just remained wimpy little Clark Kent typing on a typewriter? Because that's how it started, but now a computer. And you know, I mean, Clark Kent. Have you, I was an undergraduate journalism major. Have you seen the print industry now? Superman would have been looking for a job. He would have been doing a blog somewhere. Clark Kent's musings, yay, from Metropolis. Actually, he'd probably be back in Smallville because he couldn't afford to live in Metropolis. But when he, under, he was able to do the other things when he had a clear purpose of what his life was. Marlon Brando in the, in the Superman movie said, you can be a light to help show these people the way to go. In our lives, our purpose in life only comes from the light of Jesus Christ. And anything else, we find nothingness in it. And we will stay rooted and never connected to being lifted up. Next thing is, we need to stay, as a, as a man of steel, we need to stay connected to the family. Connected to the family. Yesterday, we had dance all day. All day. It was awesome, but it was all day. And it was cool, but all day. You got the picture? I got there a little after 9. I, I got home after getting the rest of the kids about 7.30, almost 8 o'clock, all day. And I had a lot of stuff to do because I'm a procrastinating sucker, okay? And so I'm there. We're doing this. But one of the things was I went and talked to somebody who I went to high school with, mom. Um, she came and wanted to know if she recognized me. She said, oh, yeah, yeah. And we started talking, and she said, you know, it's so awesome when I look around here and I see fathers who are supporting their children. Let me just say that statement again. It's a lady who said, I think it is incredible when I look around and I see fathers supporting their children. I have coached. I have taught. I have done. I've led church after church. And I can't tell you the times in my life that I have not even known if someone had a father. I've seen people who are raised without a father and they hate this day. I've seen people who've had a father that's been anything but a loving father. Men, women, children, you name it. And I've seen them struggle. And statistically, do you know that one statistic that an active father shows a major rate in poverty level? 12% of families 
that have both parents actively involved in their lives are in poverty. Where if it's just a single mother, it's 44%. Um, I can give you some other statistics here. I got plenty of them if I can read them. Infant, um, infant mortality rates are 1.8, almost 2% higher for infants of unmarried mothers. Um, incarceration. In a 2002 Department of Justice survey of 7,000 inmates, they revealed that 39% of all jail inmates live in mother-only households. Approximately 46% of all jail inmates have had a previous incarcerated family member. One-fifth experienced a father in um, prison or jail. A study of 109 juvenile offenders indicated that the family structure significantly increased their delinquency. One of the other things, in childhood obesities, a study using a sample of 2,500 and 307 boys and 2,446 girls, researchers investigated the relationship between BMI, body mass index status at ages of four to five years, and mothers and fathers' parenting involvements. I can continue on. I can even increase that to faith. Because if you have a father who is active in faith, it is overwhelmingly a majority that your children will be involved in the church and in, the, in, in Christian faith. But you take a father outside, of, you have a casual father attender that doesn't care, that, doesn't, that comes but wants to support but doesn't, you know, not really excited about it and doesn't care. You know, one of the things I learned as my children got smarter is that I got dumber. And one of the other things about that, they knew what was important to me by what I do, not by what I say. And I knew a guy, that I was on a Emmaus weekend one time, and a guy who was there said he used to take his child all the time and drop him off. And the kid said, hey, uh, um, he said, we'll see you after Sunday school. I'll pick you back up. And he said, I'm not going. He said, why not? He said, because you're not going in. And that father went in that time and said, I'll just hang around. That father ended up going to church that week, became a Christian, changed his life, and now serves God. And is an example for that. There are so many other things that you can display. And I got to tell you, I feel warped. I am warping my children day in and day out because there are days where life just stinks. Am I right? Anybody ever warp your children? Anybody warp your children with me? You say things, you do things that you know is not godly, that you know does not glorify God, does not build them up. But one of the greatest tools I've realized is apology. Not to be too strong to apologize. Family is so important. Look at this verse called the Shema. It's one of the main verses in um, in the scripture, it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them. Remember what I talked about? In, in, you know, I did a funeral for Gene Proctor this week who was a printer. And impressing means you make an imprint. You press it on it. Imprint it on your children. Talk to it about when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hand. Bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the doors of your house and gate. Jews actually put it there. Jewish people do. But I ask myself, is every ounce of my life have God in it? Have God glorified in it? Or do I gripe and complain and give a bad image of who God is? In my life, I've got to tell you, it's the latter part a lot of times. Third thing, stay connected to the church. There's such an importance of connection, commitment. And I can guarantee you, if you are someone who is not committed in areas of your life, you will have children who are not committed in areas of your life. We set those, uh, we set those patterns. I've known people, uh, have you ever heard somebody say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree? Usually that means you pick up the personality traits of one or both parents. Have you ever been yelling at your children, parents, and all of a sudden your parent falls out of your mouth? And you go, oh, no, Lord. Or, you're looking, or your parents said to you one day, I hope you have a child just like you. And God granted that request. Am I right? You know, some days my children will give me my look. We have this scowl. I'm going to show it to you. Ready? 
And there's a little red-headed, blue-eyed girl in our house who gives that to me daily. <laughs> she'll smile and she'll go. And now, Abigail, is it officially a teenager? So I get the... <laughs> Jacob's been a teenager for a while, so I get the... <sighs> and my response is, don't you roll your eyes at me. Did you roll your eyes at me? We all know they rolled their eyes at me. And you give that thing, anytime you think you're big enough. Right? Or Bill Cosby said, I brought you in this world, I'll take you out, remember? Rachel will get these shifty eyes and whine. Judah's in his own little world, pray for us. Because he will do something and say something and he'll go, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm just joking, just joking. I was just joking. And he smiles at you, and you think it's cute, but then you see your own face back at you, and you're like, you little conniving sucker. I've done all those. I know exactly what you're doing, but it's so cute, you know? And you're number five, so you're really going to mess up a lot of things. You know, and we live in this, but being connected to the church sets a lot of different things. Look at what Paul wrote about this. He said, just as a body, the one has many parts, But all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are one body of Christ, and each of you is part of it. You see, when we don't connect to a body of Christ, and commitment and connection, we end up like a limb or a body part that's cut off of the rest of the body. My greatest joy in Haven Church is when people find God's calling. I know that I know that I know that Tom Young is the man to help lead us through these building programs. I know that Tom Racine was the one that needed to kick us in the butt to get us moving. I know that Jim is financial wizard and keeps us going that way. And we hope that he can multiply things as well. I know that Wayne is called to be a worship leader. He may have not known that several years ago in the frozen food section of Martin's. I know that Fred has a tremendous gift of servanthood and also of music. I know that Nicole can go, is going to go ahead and sing to the glory of God, wherever that may be, wherever God leads her. I know that there are people here who are gifted to teach and preach and share and be with people. I know many of you who have taken upon your calling to pick up and go and serve those who are less fortunate than us. And even some of those who are better off than us that just need to get some Jesus. I know that. I know that some of you have shared your stories where God pulled you up out of the miry bog. And made your footsteps firm and you want to share that with other people. And yet I also know that there are many here today that haven't been connected to God for a long time. That something happened in our life and we're distant. Or that we just aren't into this thing that church has done to God. That's made Jesus feel even more distant by the things we do, the things we say, and the way we talk to people. But I want to hear to tell you that you have a gift from God and it is to be used to help the body of Christ. You have a gift. You are a part of the body of Christ. And God needs all that. The church, that's what the church is to be. And now let's get into some final Superman stuff. What else do you have to be if you're God's man of steel? You have to stand for truth. Now, in order to get through this, I'm not going to strip all the way down. Don't get upset. Um, But in order to do this, I can't just go like this, right? We're going to get into... You can't do it without a cape. And yes, I wore this this year at Halloween without the jeans and went running around and into uh, McDonald's and Pizza Boy and Rising Sun. It's the one day a year you can get away with it. Am I right? Of course, with me, you never know. Um, imagine if I went running down through Walmart after church with this on. People would have been like, he's crazy. So... Um, And they'd be half right. Okay, here we go. Enhance and proclaim truth. Say that with me. Enhance and proclaim truth. truth. We know that Superman stands for truth, justice, and the American way. Look at what Jesus said. Jesus said, if you hold on to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know what? The truth. And the truth will 
set you free. Also, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And as we look here, we see what it says here. We, and it's important. The truth will set you free. I believe that I believe that I believe that so many of us are, as Christian people, are living in that cage treadmill and living in some sort of bondage in our life because we have not convinced ourselves that Jesus is the truth. And if he's the truth, he is the way and he is the life. And I need to put my full trust in him, not just my partial trust when things are bad. I need to put my full trust in him. He is truth. What do we have after truth? Truth? Justice. Justice. The next thing is, a God's man of steel must stand for justice. And I got to say, as a man and as a man of God, I have been complacent on justice in this world. I have watched and seen how this world has changed things, and I, we, I have said nothing about it, and I've seen it change in front of my eyes over my years of service. I've seen where the name of Jesus is now a dirty word in, in public. I see where we see tragedies that exist in our world, like this week, that there exists in our society. The sickness that someone could do that to a little girl that is 10 years old. That is sick, and I'm tired of it. And, I, and, and Jesus is very clear about when you cause his little ones to stumble, and about how we need to protect them. And he says, for these, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And if your heart's breaking in this, God's is shredding because of day in and day out, the people that deal with all kinds of abuse and suffering. And we can even take it to the other end of the spectrum, that we take the elderly in our society and we just throw them away. Like they're of no use when they've been there and have tremendous value. It's wrong. It's wrong. And I feel, after this week, I felt compelled to do something. And to say something and to speak out against it. Until we change the laws, until we change something so that no one ever harms a young child again or an adult. We are not living up to justice. It's wrong. Because five things, I heard uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes speak on five things a father needs to be. He needs to be a protector. And guess what? In, in the ancient civilizations, when there was a child or someone, when there was a child who was harmed, they took it as it was their child who was harmed. We were distraught. I sat there the other night at the candlelight thing, looking around at people who were just destroyed, and I saw that, and I realized in my mind, just a couple days from now, they'll be arguing and fighting over each other over parking space. Am I right? Something is out of whack in this world. I am an altar protector for my family, but I've also got to be an altar protector for others. We learned just this week at McDonald's in Elkton. Did you hear this? A woman and a little girl are up there. There was a guy who was high on something. Went and grabbed a little girl around the waist. You know, I told my wife, I would pound the crap out of that man. Now, that may not be biblical, but guess what? We have got to protect people who can't protect themselves. Jesus says, that's what he says we must do. Protect the innocent, those who are downtrodden. We need to step up. And the church has a voice that it needs to quit playing our games and come together. Be a protector of your family. Be a provider. We live in a world, in a, in a society where we have two, three different jobs and everybody has jobs. But not only phys- uh, financially, but be a provider of life. Be there for them. Share with them. Tell them what it, tell, teach your daughters who it is that they should marry. Show them the example. Show your sons how they should treat a woman or someone else, Right? Anybody would have liked to have had a dad do that to, the, to your significant other of your life? Or anybody would have liked to have had that rather than you get into marriage? Marriage is a scary thing. You say, I do, and then you're like, I did what? <laughs> and that's how it goes. But be a provider of those things. Be a promoter. 
I so much beat my kids up all the time on what they don't do rather than telling them what they do that is awesome. And that's wrong of me. My kids are gifted. But why do I always feel that as a father, my job is to correct them and get them guided in what's wrong with them? I need to build them up in what they do that is awesome. And all my kids, uh, yesterday I sat there watching my daughters dance, and I remembered, and Emma Gale was on point. That used to be called toe shoes, in case you guys are old like me. Um, and what I saw in, that, in there was I remembered a little girl who just ran across the stage. Any of the parents with me here? A little girl who just ran across the stage for one little thing, and you clapped and said, yay. And you spent lots of money just to see that once. And you took all kinds of pictures and videos that you store away and never look at. You didn't know that you'd be there all the time. But then you see this young woman who's just dancing. And you realize, gosh, they're going to be gone soon. And did I do what I needed to do so that she finds, have I prayed for a husband for her, for them? Or do I just take it for granted? Have I built her up? I told her how much I love her and how precious she is. Or am I too busy doing the things in life as the provider and not the promoter? One of the other things is you are called to be a priest. You're called to be a priest in your house. What does that mean? The scripture says that you're to be the source of spiritual nourishment. You're to share the questions. One of my good friends, got, he was very involved in church. He got away from church for a while. He started coming to church because his daughter, who was 12 years old, said, Dad, what religion are we? And he realized, oh my gosh, I haven't been to church since she was a little kid. He went to church and started going, got involved, and now he's a pastor. Answering God's calling. But you don't have to become a pastor what you need to do is be a praying man over your household. Pray over your children. Pray over your spouse. Pray over your family. Because the prayer of the righteous avails much. I believe our children are susceptible to so many things because we as men are not praying for our families. As we should. We need to enter up into spiritual warfare and cause the devil to flee. There is, I can tell you, when Jake, you've heard some of this before, when, before Jacob was born, it was a high-risk pregnancy. Number one, we thought we lost him. Number two, we thought that they, we were told by a neonatologist that he would have bleeding in the brain and would have mental difficulties. I remember standing as Melissa was uh, in, a, in a bad way, hemorrhaging, waiting for an ambulance, and it was the fire convention week, so we waited longer. And I remember out there being angry with God and saying, God, this is my son. You promised him. I have his name. He is not being taken. I bind you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. And guess what? He's going to be 15 years old, driving me absolutely insane. I thank God for that. That's a supernatural answer to prayer. Because I know that Satan knew the call that God's going to place on his life. And I pray for him in that. Look at what it says here in Isaiah 11, 11 17. Learn to do what is right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. Does that give you a map of something to do? You betcha. Because the th fifth thing is God requires us to be a prophet. And to speak the word of God. The last thing that we have left. Truth, justice, and the? Boy, does that seem bad to say now. Because not many of us know what the American way is. But I can tell you what it was back in the day. Let me find this. The American way, back in the 1930s, it says the American way of life is an individualistic, dynamic, pragmatic. It affirms the supreme value and dignity of the individual. It stresses um, activity on this part where he is never to rest but always to be striving to get ahead. It defines an ethic of self-reliance, merit, and character and judges by achievement. And then it says, but back then, the American way of life was forward-looking and optimistic. That Americans were to be the most generous and philanthropic people in the world in terms of their readiness to respond to anybody's need around the world. The Americans then in 1930s believed in progress, believed in improvement of everybody as a whole rather than just selfishness. 
They said that Americans could not go on making money and achieving worldly success in its own merits, such as materialistic, but in the American mind, it must be justified in higher terms of service, stewardship, and general welfare. And because they, they are so idealistic, get this, Americans are also very moralistic. Can we say that that is the American way now today? That we care about, that we love our neighbor as ourselves. That's what Christ calls us. Here's a picture of that right here. There's no way like the American way. This is after the Depression. They realized the only way they were going to survive was together. Look at what it says here in James chapter 4. As we begin to wind this service down. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It's it's dead and useless. Jonathan Kent, as I was sitting there in the movie theater, I wrote this down because it leapt out of the screen at me, maybe because I was in the second row with a neck crank. But it said this. Decide what kind of man you want to be. Good character or bad change the world. I think as a calling to be a man or a woman of steel, it's the same thing. Decide who you want to be, good or bad. From this point on, you will change the world. I ask you to stand with me as the praise team comes forward, and and we'll give this prayer. Lord God, I thank you today for fathers everywhere, and I thank you for You being the father to the fatherless and you supporting us and strengthening us. I thank you for mothers who have fulfilled both those roles. For fathers who have had to fill multiple roles. But more importantly, God, we thank you for you as our heavenly father. For you sending your son, the voice of God, so that he may lift us up. And so, God, right now I know that many of us may felt disconnected. And we may feel like that Superman that was saying today that we, we just feel, even though we may feel like we have super strength, we're weary and we're tired. And we just need to reconnect to the Father. So if there's someone here who's never connected to you as their Savior and Lord, God, I pray that we do that. There's someone who just needs to reconnect. Or there's someone who just maybe has been like me, not been the ideal father for his children. Or there's a a woman here who's struggling with their calling upon life. Whatever it may be, God, it's not about... Um, sex or age or race or situation. What it's about, God, is about connecting to you to do what you have called us to do here on earth. Come now, Holy Spirit. Fill us as we may be renewed in your name. Amen.